that's a pure technical tactical definition of what working on the business means versus mm-hmm. working in the business. Cause we hear yep. that a lot in, you know, the business world of like, you want to work on the business, not in it. Working on the business is looking for new opportunities, learning new things that you can have the team implement and just focusing on the vision and the strategy that's working on the business. Working in the business is doing the, the technical details of managing cleaning turnovers and guest communication. And those are all important things, but that's, that's more operational and technical, not strategic to move mm-hmm. the business forward. So if we were going to recap this, right, the first thing is, like we always say, you got to get clear on what, what type of business do you want to build? And there's no right or wrong answer. Just figure out what makes the most sense for you, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's one vacation house or whether it's 500 STRs, you know, internationally, whatever it is for you, just mm-hmm. be clear on what you want and why you want that and be willing to put in the work to make that happen. Then setting up that initial team to get those first couple of units going with cleaners and contractors to handle the on-site stuff. What's up, everybody? My name is Mike Shogren here with my co-host, Emmanuel Pani. We're part of a group of specialized real estate investors you've probably never heard of. We didn't start with deep pockets or wealthy families, and we don't rely on 401ks, mutual funds, or traditional real estate investing. In fact, many of us don't even own the properties that fund our freedom. If you ask the money experts out there, they'd say what we do is impossible, yet it's happening every single day. It's happening through a new niche called short-term rentals. We are Short-Term Rental Nation, and these are our secrets. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Short-Term Rental Secrets Podcast. I am your host, Mike Shogren, here with my main man and brother from another mother, Mr. Emmanuel Pani. What is going on, E? Brother, good morning. Um... I'm actually pretty excited that we're doing a solo episode. We haven't done one of these in, in a little while. Um, but they're always uh, a time of ref- reflection and, and feeling super grateful. Um, just our journey, man. Like I've been, I've been, we were talking off air and it just the, our journey and, and looking back at our, at our friendship, it just a reminder of the averages of the people you hang out with and just, it's inspiring and it's, and it's awesome and it's super rewarding. And, and it just, I don't know, man, it's, it's a good vibe. I don't know how else to describe it, you know? hundred percent, man. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I'm, uh, I'm excited for this one. This one will be fun. You know, we were talking offline about what are some of the things that we could talk about today and some of the questions that we get asked. And if we had to wrap it all up in, you know, a question, it's like, what are the keys to scaling? And there's a few different components that we'll talk about today and then what is <clears throat> what does our role look like now that we've scaled and we have systems and teams in place? Like what is our role? Um, and what is the role going to be for a listener as you scale up, you know, and you have the revenue to support a team and you you build an organization. Um, and that's kind of for me, that's kind of the fun part, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm learning to to kind of see the fun in it. Um, I think for a very long time. I shined away from any leadership topic because I didn't think I was I was quite there at that time. Um, and and now looking back, it's just it's just realizing that my operating system was not upgraded to see myself in that position, right? So for a very long time, I was still of the opinion of being a good little soldier that had to work in the business. Um, 
And that's what has taken me a very long time to kind of grow the systems. So I'm, I'm excited to kind of share that part of, of, of my journey. Um, because yeah, it makes all the difference. hundred percent, hundred percent. So let's kink, let's kick things off, you know, kind of going back. If somebody, somebody that's new, what are some of the tools that they need to put in place at the beginning in order to start preparing themselves for growth, you know, thinking with the end in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think in my personal experience, um, the best part, and it's, it's what you say on, on clubhouse often, right? It's, it's what's your goal, right? Like, what do you want? And really being crystal clear on the life that you want to live. Um, cause I always had a vision for, for what I wanted to do, but there was not a vision of how I was going to spend my days in it, right? So what I end up doing is doing a lot of things that other people could do um, just to keep myself busy. Because, um, so first things first, right? You need a team. So regardless of, of how you're planning on scaling, even if you're not planning on scaling at all, you just want one property that's going to be a vacation home for you or your family, you still need a team. Right. And that's where I focused at the beginning. A lot of my energy was focused on the things that I didn't want to do, which was the cleaning. I'm not going to be doing that. And then getting myself out of the day to day maintenance and checking the units and making sure that the units are ready. So those were really the first things that I did at the beginning. <laughs> my issue is that that's all I did for a very, very long time. Right. So I've been operating this business now for the past 10 years. And for the longest time, kind of shameful to me, for seven to eight years of that business, I didn't have a property management software. It's, it was literally an Excel spreadsheet linked to a merchant account on my computer that I used to process, process credit cards. So I literally had to manually go in there and process credit cards and send out reservation forms and make them. And then I didn't, I literally mail, email people PDFs and I have to still print them out and fill them in my pen and scan them back of, or like fax them back to us, right? To tell you like how not streamlined my business was, mm. right? Yeah. And just understanding that aspect of it and the freedom that comes with leveraging technology, in the sheer amount of time that you, you just get back. It's such an important thing that I think people overlook. Like the fact that you can do it and it's cheaper for you to do it, I think gets you to do things that really though, if you look at them properly, they're not worth your time. They're not the highest and best use of your time, right? So like Correct. when you're when you're starting out, <clears throat> Some people have different rules of thought. If you want to clean your property the first time just to get a sense of what it actually takes, okay, go for it. Mm -hmm. But after that, you know, you're going to want to have some type of professional cleaning team or a couple people that you can rely on. I prefer to work with cleaning companies because again, if the main cleaning person is sick or they're on vacation or whatever, there's other people in the company that can go and get the property cleaned. Mm -hmm. And the same thing goes for yourself. Like if you were relying on yourself to clean the property as a little side hustle, what if you get sick? What if you get the flu or COVID or whatever, 
and you physically can't do it anymore, you're screwed, right? Mm -hmm. So again, it goes back to figuring out what your goal is. For most people, they either want to have a vacation house that they can use whenever they want, or they want to create some type of passive income. Well, it's not passive if you have to go and, and clean it and maintain it and do everything else like that. So I totally agree. Getting a good cleaner, you can find a local contractor, like a handyman, handy woman type of person on a site like a, a Thumbtack or a handy.com or mm -hmm. TaskRabbit or anything like that, that you can use to find quality contractors in your area that can kind of be your boots on the ground and take care of any maintenance stuff for you. Okay. Yeah. Now, I think that's pretty much it for what you need from a team initially, like when you get rolling, right? Maybe a mm -hmm. photographer to take the pictures. Don't take the pictures yourself. Don't use your cell phone. Hire a real estate photographer or an architectural photographer to go and take quality pictures of the listing. Um, but then from a technology standpoint, you touched on it a little bit. You're going to want some type of PMS or channel manager um, that can start to streamline process for you. So let's just say you're, you're just on Airbnb, right? When you're getting started, just as an example, you're still going to want some type of technology that can automate the messaging for you. And I know they're starting to work on incorporating that right on the platform. Um, there are a bunch of them out there. I've used smart BNB. I've used hostfully I've used guesty. We've had uplisting on as well. Um, there's a lot of different PMS systems out there that you can use, but you're going to want to get one for sure, especially if you're preparing to scale. So you want to get on one of those that way you can start to send all those automated messages. So when somebody books, you send a booking confirmation, you know, you send check-in instructions, you check in with them automatically after they get into the property. Hey, how are you settling in? Is everything up to your expectations? We want to make sure we give you a five-star experience, all that stuff. You send them the checkout instructions. You can automatically review them. You come up with pre-templated reviews that you can use. It'll automatically follow up with them for a review if they don't review you. You know what I mean? So it, it takes a lot of that guest communication out of the equation because that can become a full-time job in and of itself very quickly. Um, yeah. then you're going to want to use some type of pricing tool. So a lot of people say, Oh, I'll just use Airbnb smart pricing. I have found that you're going to be about 30% below what you should be. If you use Airbnb smart pricing, okay. Mm -hmm. Like you, you just will. Um, if you think about what they're incentivized to do, they're incentivized to get more people to book on their platform. So how do they do that? They get good properties from hosts like you, and then they encourage you to charge less to make it more attractive for people to book on their platform. Right. So they're not exactly incentivized to get people to, to charge more on their platform. So you want to use a third party site, like a, a price labs or a wheelhouse, something like that, that will automatically update your rates for you every day to maximize your profitability. Um, from a cleaning standpoint, I was a big fan of turnover BNB. When I got started, it made managing the whole cleaning process very easily, helped me find cleaners. Um, it helped me anytime I got a booking, it would automatically notify my cleaners and then they would just go in and accept that booking. And I knew we were good. Then when they get to the property, they check in on the app. They can follow a checklist that I set up in the app. Um, they let me know when they're done. They can send me photos of everything through the app. Like it just, it made that whole turnover process very simple. Mm -hmm. And then you can train your cleaners to make sure that they're looking for any damaged items or any maintenance issues that so that they can let you know, and then they can either call the handyman or you can call the handyman, handy woman to go take care of any maintenance for you. Yeah. So and I think, and I think for, for me, what I realized over time, 
um, with the technology. And I'm saying this for our listeners that may be technology resistant, because I think that's that's a thing out there, right? Like there is the whole overwhelming feeling when you have to put a new system in place or upload your listing into a thing and onboard into a new platform, like hostfully or guest it, right? Like we have this feeling that is going to be a nightmare or it's going to be complicated, or at least I know that I did, but it's really reframing it in the spot is that you're creating yourself one freedom, but two, you're creating a consistent experience for your guests without you being involved in it. Because obviously, like what Mike's saying, for you to send all those messages yourself, even if you have templates, right? Because I, for, for a very long time, I didn't use any of those things. So what I did have was a Word document with templated emails that I would just copy and paste from. And, and I knew it was a new reservation, a confirmed reservation. I would just copy and paste it. And that would save me time. But there was still the time of me going and physically having to do it that now the system does automatically. So my experience, my guest experience is consistent every single time, which is the main benefit to me as being somebody that had a team for a long time, but did not use technology as much, did not leverage technology as much of my recent experiences is that our operations and experience is so much more uniform and is super streamlined. And everybody gets the same experience and they go through our direct booking website, which is another thing that you might want to invest in, especially if you if you if you're seeing yourself growing at a scale, having a direct booking website. It's how I did most of my business, right? I think 60% of my business today still comes from our direct booking website. And I have learned to use property management softwares like hostfully to push my listings out to more websites to optimize my occupancy in the little holes. But my, that was one of the things that I did well, is having my direct booking website that generates leads by itself and has a local reputation. Because if you're looking to be a player in your town locally, it makes sense to start creating a brand that people know they can trust and come back to. Real estate agents, for example, are a big reason we stay very busy in the off season is because they know they can come to us and their clients are going to get great experiences and they'll be taken care of. And the experience is the same. It's a uniform experience. So every time they send somebody to us, they're well taken care of. The properties are clean. They're ready. They're available. We're flexible and we work with them. Absolutely. And then as you get a unit, two, three, four units up and running, and you're going through this process and you've implemented this technology and you get a feel for everything and how it flows, the next thing that you want to do is start preparing your mindset for scaling. And what I mean by that is you need to start thinking like an entrepreneur, like a business owner, and less like an operator that's working as a worker bee in your business. And so the next step is to start Anytime you do a task in your business, it could be processing a reservation. It could be answering a guest question. It could be anything that you do in your business right now. You want to start documenting that as if it was the last time you were ever going to do it, right? And it's developing that mindset that if I do this, if I do this task and I document it, I create this process with screenshots and instructions, and I can record a video to go along with it. 
I could hand this off to somebody, even if they've never used this system before, and they could follow these step-by-step instructions and get the same result that I would. Mm-hmm. And you start to build up this database over time and you can call it an employee manual. You could call it your SOPs, standard operating procedures, whatever you want. But as you start creating this over time, it could be simple as like, even I still use just like a Google drive. We just have all these Google docs and just, it links out to different processes that we have. But when you do that, then you're preparing yourself for growth. Because if you just go out and you hire a virtual assistant, like we'll talk about in a second, but you don't have any of these processes documented, it's going to be really hard for you to onboard somebody and make sure that again, to East point, you're delivering a consistent experience because you haven't documented how you do things in your business. Mm-hmm. So that that's the next piece. And then you go out and you find, even if it's a part-time virtual assistant, I found one part-time that would just work four or five hours a day for me from 1230 to like 530, sometimes with a break in there while I was still working at my job. So I knew 1230, they'd show up, go online. They'd make sure that the last guest had checked out, that the cleaners had arrived, that there were no issues. If there were, they'd file the claims through Airbnb for me. They'd make sure that the next guest had their check-in codes and everything was good to go for their check-in. And they would just handle all that stuff in the middle of the day while I was at work. Mm-hmm. And then when I got home from work, I could check back in see if there were any issues, make sure the guests were good to go and we were fine. And then as you scale up, you know, that part-time person becomes a full-time person. And then you add maybe a second part-time person with a full-time person, right? And it just continues to scale. And you've gone through that process fairly recently now where you've you've brought on that, you know, full-time, call it an executive assistant, quasi-property manager on your team. What's that experience been for you? Yeah, so that is... um has been some of the most liberating experience because it literally has given me the feeling of owning a business rather than working in one for the first time. I've been doing this for 10 years, right? But I realized, and I had a moment the other day that was the middle of the day. And and for those of you that know, me and my wife work together in this business. So Joyce, which is our, our new uh, team member, her role is to really help both me and Tasha. And uh, and we had a moment that was right around now. It was like lunchtime and we were just hanging out and we didn't have to do anything. And somebody was answering the phones and something happened and that got reported to the team and it was just a couple beeps on the phone that you just quickly looked at, but no action had to be taken. And in that moment, you realize you have a ha-ha moment, right? And you're just like, this is what everybody's been talking about. To Mike's point, I did not document my systems forever. And I just now started doing it. And super simple, I'm doing exactly what Mike says, right? I have a drive. All the different tasks that I do on a day-to-day basis are there. And I record Zoom videos by now, we're all experts on, on how to run a Zoom meeting. We just record Zoom meetings by myself. I share my screen and I just record myself. And then it goes in the appropriate folder. And then if I want her to do it with me, we do live training sessions where she goes through it or I go through it and then she repeats what I do. And that also gets saved and put in there. And then as she's learning... She's going to keep taking more and more things off my plate and she'll need less handholding. 
And the other thing that she's doing is she's creating the operating manual. And all that she's doing is she's going through the videos, watching them, and then creating a process that is gathered from those videos that then somebody else can just look at it or somebody else that she can train and look at it and she'll know exactly how to do it because she did it. And guys, it's really, it's not that expensive. And if you really calculate the freedom of time that you're getting and what you should then be focusing on, which is something else that we want to get into, that's that's your return of, of investment. It's not just the fact that you're paying somebody. What you should really be focusing on is, one, what you're not doing, and two, what you are spending time doing and what the return of investment is on your time. Yeah, 100%. 100%. It's definitely a very liberating feeling. And, you know, you're following the process now you're onboarding them. That's the other thing. You just want to make sure that you're, you're setting aside that time to onboard and trade them and kind of hold their hand through that process. Mm -hmm. But eventually that, that shifts and then they can start to go out on their own and then they start taking the initiative and it becomes really cool. And so at that point, the question becomes, what should I be spending my time on? And I know for me, a lot of what I spend my time on now is focusing on the culture of the company. And I, a lot of people talked about that, you know, especially in school and, you know, different business people. And I never really understood it. I was like, okay, cool. Like I, I understand what culture means, but I didn't really understand the value of it or how to create it. But when I hired a business coach about six months ago, he came in and really helped me with this. And when I started doing that and focused more on the culture instead of, instead of like the task delegation, what I found was the team took more ownership and more initiative to, to just run with it without me having to delegate everything. And we just created this culture of like a very collaborative team environment where we all own our stuff. And if we need help with something, we reach out to other members on the team to help us get it done. So we're all working as a cohesive unit. Mm-hmm. And it's just been a complete game changer, like total game changer where like, you know, my assistant, he comes on every single one of my coaching calls in the mastermind. And he's, you know, constantly hearing me talk about different things that we're doing in our business, but every once in a while, he'll pick up on a nugget. And like he started, he started taking initiative and reaching out to some of my cleaning companies, asking them if they had leads for other properties. Right. Cause we were talking about that on some of the mastermind calls. I didn't ask him to do that. He just started going out and doing that. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, we got a couple of leads out of it, right? Just from him taking that initiative. And he, he thought of that idea and then he went out and ran with it. Mm-hmm. So when you focus on creating that culture and setting up, I, I want to say it the right way, but it's almost like, it's not my business, it's our business. And giving the team that, that feeling that like we're building this together and it creates a much more fun environment. That's the beauty of a quote unquote, like startup. It's just a different culture. It's a different environment and people feel like they own it. And they're more willing to drive the results. So now I just focus my time on that. Like we've got our weekly team meeting. I make myself available to everybody on the team if they need me or if they have any questions. My job is to just remove any roadblocks from them and let them do their thing. Mm-hmm. And then my time is just focused on building new relationships, doing marketing, going out, meeting new investors, looking at potential you know, future deals to continue to grow the business. So my role is primarily business development and culture. Yeah, I love that. Also, because I, I think 
what's of, often overlooked, and I think it's been a team for everybody that we've had on the show that has been able to create a great team and great culture, it's really <clears throat> the fact that if you're able to create a culture where you appreciate the people that work with you and you empower them to, to be able to do things on their own, and, and you understand that doing things on their own, even if they're the wrong things, has to be, should be rewarded. And you understand that you're really a coach when it comes to like owning a business and understanding that in the way you create culture, you also are a coach in helping people understand what their limiting beliefs are and leading by example, right? Because the other thing that has happened, um, I've told this to Mike last week, it's since Joyce has been on the team, I feel the need to work harder because I need to show Joyce, first of all, how we normally operate, right? And then I feel responsible to like show her the ropes, show her the team, show how we are we doing it. And the other thing that I realized lately is that as a business owner, for you to spend time planning and reviewing and assessing it's not a waste of time. That is your job as a business owner. And I think we have kind of fallen into this trap that like time for reflection, it's, it's a waste of time. But in reality, when we are business owners and we're focusing on working on the business instead of in it, that time is gold because that's what really creates the vision. And that's what really empowers you to build this business then empowers your team underneath you. So really owning the fact that like time for self-reflection and time for appreciation and time for being creative is actually your duty as a, as a business owner and, and as a leader. And the other th thing I spend a lot of time on, it's learning. Because that's one of the beauties of having time is we can go out and learn new things that then we can bring on the business in the business and help us make more money or just, or just live a better life, right? So spending time learning about Facebook marketing or email marketing or newsletters or creating content for those newsletters of, of meeting new investors or understanding new ways of leveraging money or creating business structures. That's what I see myself spending a lot of time on as the team keeps growing. And I think that is our duty as business owners is to continuously embrace that culture of like growth and learning because that ultimately gets trickled down to our team. Yeah, I love it. And that's, <clears throat> that's a pure technical, tactical definition of what working on the business means versus mm -hmm. working in the business. Cause we hear that yep. a lot in, you know, the business world of like, you want to work on the business, not in it. Working on the business is looking for new opportunities, learning new things that you can have the team implement and just focusing on the vision and the strategy that's working on the business. Working in the business is doing the, the technical details of managing cleaning turnovers and guest communication. And those are all important things, but that's, that's more operational and technical, not strategic to move mm -hmm. the business forward. So if we were going to recap this, right? The first thing is like we always say, you got to get clear on what, what type of business do you want to build? And there's no right or wrong answer. Just figure out what makes the most sense for you. 
mm-hmm. you know, whether it's one vacation house or whether it's 500 STRs, you know, internationally, whatever it is for you, just mm-hmm. be clear on what you want and why you want that and be willing to put in the work to make that happen. Then setting up that initial team to get those first couple of units going with cleaners and contractors to handle the on-site stuff, implementing the different technology from the property management system to the pricing tools, to the turnover management system, things like that. And then you start to build up the team as your revenue grows. So that's a, a really high level overview of what it looks like and what are some of the keys to scaling. But again, you, a, the, a huge part of that is putting on your CEO hat and starting to look strategically at the business of how can I create streamlined processes that somebody else could follow with minimal instruction to make it as easy as possible me, for me to elevate myself out of the business so I can continue to grow it instead of have to run it on the day-to-day. Yeah. And, and as you're creating those systems, don't wait until the systems are perfect. Just start documenting how you do things now. Because that's the other thing, right? When you bring on somebody to help you, maybe be a, a, a local person or a VA, the only thing you can teach them is how you've been doing things. So yeah. how you've been doing things is that what you teach them. And then once you learn how to do things, how you've been doing them, then you can focus together in making things better. But that first little step is you not doing the things that you've been doing and training somebody else to do them. And that's what the only thing that you know how to train somebody. Because if you're going to onboard somebody and you're going to think about, I'm going to onboard them while implementing new systems, nothing is going to happen because one, you don't know those systems because you've never done them yourself. And by that same token, you don't know how to train them because you don't know what you don't know about those new systems. So you're going to onboard them with the systems that you have, even if they're crappy, even if you're not proud of how they are. But those, the reality of things is that that's your system. And that I think you have to be okay with being honest with where your business is. Because at the end of the day, the only person that you're hurting by not being honest with yourself, it's 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 you and onboarding somebody makes you have to be super honest as to how your business has been running because they'll ask you questions why do we do this this way (laughs) and you have to answer those questions right and 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 having that culture of just like being understanding and and really growing with people that's that's the best thing and that's what makes a team member feel appreciated too yeah we're all learning yeah and, and it will evolve over time it will yeah. the processes will evolve the team will evolve your whole system exactly. will evolve and that's the beauty of it mm-hmm. right so yep. hopefully you guys got some value out of this it was fun doing a solo episode we haven't done one in a while and we thought you know what why don't we uh why don't we get one of these out and just kind of talk about some of the questions that we get asked a lot and most of them are around scaling. So if you guys like this, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review. If you know some other folks in the industry, make sure you guys share it with them. You know, every single week we're coming out with new content. So make sure that you guys share it. And again, thank you guys so much for being here. We'll see you guys soon. Hey, STR Nation, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And in the comments, let us know what topics you want us to cover on upcoming episodes. And we'll make sure to get that in the books for you. 
And if you really want to learn how to launch, automate, and scale your short-term rental business, if you want to go deeper, then check out our free masterclass at strsecrets.com.